if you have all of that stuff figured out ahead of time, it makes the end process so much easier. It makes the writing process easier too because you can find ways to link things together. So that can be done simultaneously because you just spend an hour in the morning working on figuring it out and answering these stupid questions. Stevens. I am the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers and this is the Taylor Stevens show podcast and I'm here today with Steve Campbell my good friend and Steve is going to spring a topic on me today so this is gonna be fun all right Steve what you got all right last week you let the cat out of the bag a little bit and you actually used and I wrote this down you said you were you had a all this stuff on your desk because you're unable to put something away until it's finished and you've got a bazillion open projects right now. That's what you said. That's what I'd written down. So I, as a reader, I assume that what you do is you get up in the morning, you drink some coffee, you fix a gourmet breakfast for your kids, (laughs) you send them off to school, and then you sit down and spend the rest of the time, uh, the rest of your time working on the next Monroe book. But when you said, I've got a bazillion projects, uh, I'm guessing that I maybe don't have this quite right. So let's talk about sort of a life of an author kind of thing, um, balancing all of the different things that you're currently doing and and that you have to do to maintain this writing life, which is more than just writing one book at a time. <sighs> oh, it's exhausting. Start? You're you're exhausted know, just I'm, thinking I'm about it. Even just thinking. About it. <laughs> um, well, you know, there's the because there's juggles within the juggles. You know, you've got I've got you know I'm a mom. And I run the you have to run the household. And anybody who's had kids, school age kids, you know that even you know there's that that, that never ends. Was I at least right about the gourmet breakfast? Oh God, no. (laughs) You know this is how I tell myself that I'm a good mother. My kids are going to know how to handle life when they leave home (laughs) because I'm not handling it for them right now. (laughs) No, no gourmet breakfast, not for me either. Um, You know, people write me sometimes. And I especially, my heart goes out to working mothers of more than one child who are like, how do you find the time to write in a situation like this? And I'm like, it's hard. It's really hard. Because when I started writing, I was a stay-at-home mom with two kids. I wasn't even a working mom with two kids. I don't even know how I would have found the time to write as a working mother with two children. In in the situation that I'm in, I've, I've had to learn that you, you just can't do everything. Just can't. Absolutely can't. And sometimes things just have to go. And so I gave up housework. I wasn't too sad about that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's embarrassing when somebody comes over and I'm like fishing stuff out, you know, fishing remote game controllers out of the couch and trying to find clean glasses. And I'm like, I don't look in the kitchen and uh, please don't use the guest bathroom because my kids have been in there. But, you know, it's a small price to pay for getting the books read. Um, and, you know, cooking gourmet meals, that kind of got thrown out the window, too. And uh, a few other things. So I just kind of, like, do the best that I can when it comes to running the house. And, you know, it, it, it's sort of a, uh, a situation of, is this an emergency? Is somebody going to die? Is the house going to fall apart? Is it going to create an enormous bill if I don't get this taken care of? Nope. Okay, can wait till tomorrow. Um, so that's that, that 
track that this train is running on. And then there's the writing itself. And I'm, I'm at this place right now where I have multiple projects going at the same time. Because it, there's, that, there's that saying of, you know, how authors have more ideas than, than they know what to do with, than they have time to write, and that is painfully, painfully true. And in my case, I started exploring more than one at the same time. So I actually have several projects going at the same time, and, it, and I play triage with those too. Which one's the most important? Which one's the closest to being finished? Which one has the closest to getting sold? Which one requires the least amount of work? And... And so the juggle of which one I'm going to focus my time on is, is based on where it is in the queue of importance. And then there's the, the other side that goes into the whole writing thing, which I guess that can be divided into four or five different places because, you know, I have my mailing list, I have podcasts, I have social media, I have um, things with my publisher directly, I have uh, speaking engagements, and every single one of those things requires triage of where does this rank in the matter of importance? And then there's just life stuff that doesn't involve children that I have to deal with or, or um, you know, things like paying bills and filing taxes and all of the accounting side of things that, that comes with running a business. Um, so it's, it's the days that I can, can just work without having to deal with other stuff are amazing. Um, I set aside one day a week where all I do is take care of errands. Every errand that can possibly get run is getting run on that day. Doctor's appointments, you know, if I'm going to be mailing out books to people on the mailing, to cool kids on the mailing list who won goodies, they're going out that day. If um, And I have to package them up too. And so just anything that has to get done, phone calls, bills to pay, it's going out on that day because otherwise I'll never get anything done on the other days of the week. And, and so it, it, is, it is sometimes a running from emergency to emergency because you, gotta, some, you just can't do it all. So it's like, what is the most important? What is going to get me forward to where I want to go? Is this going to actually benefit me in the long run? Yes. Okay. Then it can stay on the list. Otherwise, it's got to go. Somebody else can take care of it. And when you say on the list... Uh, you describe this situation where you've got all these bazillion projects sitting around you, um, either on your desk or in stacks that the dog sleeps on. Or <laughs> I know you're working on a nonfiction book um, yeah. for creativity and, and dealing with money. Is that like a stack on your desk or is that off to the side or in a file cabinet? What's it look like? I have um, every book that I'm working on has a, um, like a little manila folder. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called. You know, that they, they go inside hanging folders. Okay. Yep. And every note, every scrap of paper gets stuck in it. And I've got a stack of those. On my desk. All right, so they go inside hanging folders, but not when they're open projects. They they go on your desk. <laughs> they're not in hanging folders yet. They're just in the in the cardboard Manila file part of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like a stack of those file things on my desk. Um, so at least that part is there. But then I have like you know we work if we work on like some business idea or whatever, there'll be a stack of that. All the notes are going to be in a stack. I've got note cards and papers because I got to write thank yous to people. I've got calendar pages. I've got unread books. I've got, um, I, co I color code a lot 
with things, uh, with notes and, and record keeping. So I've got just like pins scattered everywhere and whiteout and stapler and um, stacks of scratch pads because anytime I remember something, I'll write it down so I don't forget because that frees up some bandwidth. And then on a pretty fairly basis, I go through all of those and I, and it sounds like it's a waste of time, but it's not, um, where I'll take all these scraps of paper and I will scratch off whatever doesn't matter anymore. And anything that does, I will transfer it over onto a fresh list. And where that comes in handy is it's reminding me of things that this is still on the agenda. This is within the next couple of days. And so it's a way to remember without constantly every five minutes going, oh my God, I forgot about that. I need to remember that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's like, looks like a bomb went off in here. And so you're, in, in terms of organizing yourself, you're totally an analog person. You don't have like digital tools and, and computer programs to keep you organized. You have uh, stacks and color-coded lists. Yes, I, I detest digital organization. And I don't know if that will come back and bite me in the butt in the future. Like maybe I'm making it harder for myself, but I just know that based on the way that my brain works, if it's on the computer, I don't see it. And so even if I get a pop-up reminder saying, this is what you're doing today, it doesn't affect my brain in the same way as a list that I wrote out by hand. So it gets shoved aside. It's easy to just click that reminder and then forget about it. And then it's gone and I don't see it anymore. Whereas a, a running list that's beside me every day, I see that it's not forgotten. All right, let's go through some of the projects now, because I, I think I'll find it interesting, and I think other listeners probably will as well. We mentioned uh, the the nonfiction book you're working, you're working on, and, and working working on is let's put that in quotes. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had okay. time to work on it, so it's there, it's out there. Okay. Well, what other things are there and out there that you're either working on or they're they're unfinished, so they're still on your desk. Well, we have Monroe number six, which um, is a work in progress. Okay. We have uh, a young adult novel that I started a long time ago. Uh, cool kids who've been on my list a while ago will remember Newsies from it way back when. And I was really excited about it because it was, and, and I have to backtrack, you know, when you, if you're in like an author conference and you tell people, oh yeah, I had a young adult novel and, you know, was having a hard time selling it, they'll say, oh, well, young adult, it's, it's a completely different market. Or they say, oh, young adult is really hot right now. And it just bothers me because I didn't, I'm not writing a young adult novel. I just happen to be writing a novel that has younger characters. Therefore, it's classified as a young adult novel. I had a story. I needed to tell it. It has younger characters. Therefore, it's YA, you know. So that, that whole young adult label really is just like, it's just a shortcut to say, instead of saying that book. Um, so I had, I had finished it, and, but I had finished it like an hour here and an hour there. And um, I, I thought the story was just amazing and the feedback that I was getting from it was great, but it wasn't really getting good. Um, it wasn't get, finding a home in the publishing industry. So I asked a friend of mine, really good friend of mine who works in publishing, look, as a favor, could you just look at this and tell me what's wrong with it? Why is it not selling? So she came back and she's like, you know, honestly, this is just not your best work. You know, you're a much better writer than this. And, you know, I wouldn't buy this. It's just like, I love the story. I love the characters, but it's just, it's just not all, it just doesn't have that same power of what you normally do. 
And at first I was just like, oh, please. Because anytime somebody tells me, oh, the writing's not good enough, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And it's not because I think I'm some awesome writer. It's because readers are more interested in the story. You can have the the crappiest writing. And if the story is amazing, people are going to read it anyway. You could have the best writing in the whole wide world. And if the story is a dud, people aren't going to read it. And I knew it was a good story. So I didn't really get what she was saying. But as we talked about it more, I realized that I had sort of um, cheated myself and I didn't give it my full quality of throwing myself into a project because I'd been doing it on the side. When she came back at me, I was in between projects at that point and I was like, all right, this is where my attention is going right now because this has been with me for a long time. I'm done. I'm done. I want this over and I want it off my desk. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where my attention's been. And as I've been going through it, I'm so embarrassed. I'm mortified that I ever in a million years thought that this was passable. And I think that I had gotten into this mindset of, well, it's not a Monroe book. So I don't have to put that same agony into it of making sure that it's because Monroe books are really, really hard to write. And I thought, well, I can, this will be easier because I don't have to make it so perfect in every way. You know, it's okay if every sentence isn't exactly right. It's okay if all these things, but it wasn't because on the whole, all those little things added up to inferior product, which I just didn't see until somebody said, you can't get away with this. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what I'm working on. I'm getting really close to having being finished with it. So in addition to that, we've got that, we've got Monroe 6. We've got, um, at one point I was like, well, I, I really, all I've ever done is thrillers. And I, do I have what it takes to pull off something that is more every woman-y, any mother could find themselves in this situation type, type story? And so I started one. And it's really, really, I think it's an amazing story. But it's also the type of story that it's not in my normal, my normal readers. So... Finding a home for it would probably be difficult. And so I'm not at that place where I can just afford to spend another eight months working on it at the um, neglect of everything else. So I have the bones for it sitting there waiting until I can turn my attention back to it. And then I'd been asked, well, and so many readers ask me this too. Have you ever thought of doing something that's not Monroe? And I'm like, well, well, yes, I have. And so I'm trying to see if I can develop it into something that's strong enough that could be more than just a single book. So how many projects was that? Let's see. Uh, One, two, three, four, five. And there might be something else out there, too. I don't know. I've lost track. Well, I happen to know that you're also putting together material for some coursework, for some classes that you're going to be teaching this fall. That's true, too. Um, I I have taught myself so much about writing and story problems and sort of like rules like this is how it works. This is how it works. Follow this pattern and the writing will be stronger. And I think that these are things that other people could benefit from, but it takes brain power to find a way to take concepts that I now understand on instinct and find a way to explain them from a basis of, you know, someone who's, who hasn't maybe finished a book yet. 
So um, I want to put that coursework material together, not just to teach it, because I do have some teaching engagements coming up later, but possibly, maybe, no promises, <laughs> because I've got a bunch of things going on, to do it, to find a way to do it online as well. That would be really cool if, if you could actually do that. Uh, but as you mentioned, a bazillion other things, I think was the term you used last week. And it sounds like it does actually sound like a bazillion. Uh, one one last question, and then we'll go to the call to action, which I've got this week. So don't stress oh, yourself about you. that. Um, oh, thank you. When you're going from project to project, do you just focus on one for an extended period of time? Like you mentioned the one where you're doing an hour here, an hour there, that didn't work out all that well. But you're in the middle of what you described as a non-Monroe book, and there's Monroe 6, and you're still sort of working on what we're calling the YA novel. Um, how do you transition back and forth between them? Well, I think it kind of depends on what what they are. Like right now, because I'm basically rewriting an entire book which is so much harder than writing an entire book, believe it or not, because now you got to figure out what stays and what goes. And it's anyway. Um, so this is taking up all my bandwidth. But at the same time, there's part of a process in putting a book together that isn't actually, for me, doesn't actually involve sitting down at a computer. It is um, on paper where I have sort of a questionnaire where I ask myself a lot of questions, specific questions about the characters, about how things tie together. And these are questions that I've assembled over the course of a few years from different how to write books, how to tell story books that, you know, anything that resonated with me in that, that I felt it would be helpful for me, I found a way to translate it into my questionnaire. And filling out these questionnaires are brutal for my brain because, you know, it want, you want to figure out, you know, how the theme ties into this particular character's motivation and whether his weakness, it's just, ugh, ugh. <laughs> but, but what that does is it forces me to figure it out before I start writing. And so that, and, and to find the holes that it, at the very end, an editor's going to come back and say, but why did that person do that? That's kind of contrived. And that doesn't seem to fit in with their motivations. But if you have all of that stuff figured out ahead of time, it makes the end process so much easier. It makes the writing process easier, too, because you can find ways to link things together. So that can be done simultaneously because you just spend an hour in the morning working on figuring it out and answering these stupid questions. I'm sorry, I yelled. <laughs> They're really good questions, but I hate them. Um, and, and so that can be done simultaneously, that aspect of it. Where I think it doesn't really work so well is when I'm writing two pieces of fiction at the same time. Because you, you kind of have to crawl into these characters and crawl into their worlds. And when you're jumping worlds like that, it doesn't work so well for me. But I can work on a nonfiction and a fiction at the same time, depending on how pressed for time I am and how quickly or slowly it's moving along. It's interesting that you mentioned the question thing is, is something again, that you do in an analog fashion with a pen and paper. Yeah. So that's, that's another way of differentiating, I guess, between the writing and this other stuff. If you do it on the computer, it's work and it's writing. And if it's the other stuff, it's. Yeah. It's, it's, to my brain, it's 
complete, yeah, it's, it's separate in my brain. And what's really funny is, while I do all this other stuff analog, I cannot write analog. I have to write on a computer. Well, this has been a fun show. I learned a lot about you today. And it's, it's, it's been nice to learn about some of these other projects. Now, you mentioned uh, that the cool kids knew about the YA novel, and, and we've heard about that a few times. Uh, for people who aren't cool kids, what, what, what is a cool kid? Cool kids are the most awesomest people in the whole wide world. They, <laughs> they're on my mailing list. They are my friends. Um, I have a mailing list. It's, it's me to you. It's uh, very personal. It's not buy my book, buy my book. Um, and I email frequent, frequently, infrequently, different stuff that I've learned along the way. Sometimes there's lags. Um, sometimes it comes a lot all at the same time. It's, you can get on, if you're interested, you can find it at www.taylorstevensbooks.com slash connect.php, or you can just go to taylorstevensbooks.com and click the little connect with me button up at the top. It's a pain in the butt trying to get on there sometimes because of all the <laughs> spam filters and whatever. But once you're on, if you like that sort of thing, it can be a lot of fun. And I also update like how things are going, the different projects and, and stuff like that. And I give away fun stuff too, like other people's books and stuff. Yes, and sometimes even your own books. So there's all kinds of fun things going on there. There's a lot of education about the publishing business. There's a lot of education about writing in there. And it's interesting to see how a working writer manages all of these things. And, and some of that comes out in your email list to the cool kids. So I've been a proud member for a few years now. And so that's the call to action today. If you're not a cool kid, become a cool kid by going to Taylor's site and signing up as she described. So that is... That is a wrap, but I have an idea for a future podcast because with all of these bazillion things that's going on right now, it could sound like I'm just running from thing to thing to thing, but I'm not. There's a method to this madness, and I want to talk about focus in a future podcast. <laughs> Okay. I want to talk about that, too, because I have a tendency to run from project to project to project, and I need to get better at focus myself. So I will look forward to that. Awesome. All right. That's a wrap yeah. for this week. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. See you next week.